What's going on, guys? It's Fantasy Stock Exchange here, bringing you episode 56 of the Dynasty Decision Series we do over here at the Fantasy Stock Exchange YouTube channel. We had to give you another doubleheader after our week over in New York. I have to catch up on that queue and have to genuinely help you guys turn those Dynasty teams into absolute monsters. But before we get into today's video, Corey, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, as always, if you guys want to be part of future Dynasty Decisions episodes, uh, patrons get first priority. We got a number of patron submissions uh, today. And then obviously we have a queue going for Twitter, Discord, email submissions. So if you guys uh, want to submit your teams, you want to talk about, you know, where are you contending? Are you rebuilding? Uh, what should I do with my rookie picks? What do you think of my trades? All that stuff is what we cover in today's video in Dynasty Decisions. Uh, the final one that we're going to have of the month, we had to crank one uh, one more out there to get our ad read quota in for the month. So uh, if you guys enjoy this video at any point, as always, hit the like button, comment any of your thoughts down below, and hit the subscribe button if you are new to the channel as well. But before we get into it, let's hit the intro. Okay, so we can start off with the first team. Again, we had uh, actually seven patron submissions. So of the eight teams that we're covering in this video, most of them are patrons of ours. So uh, Chan Hughes, the first team that we got here, a 12-team Superflex PPR league with a half-point tight end premium. Uh, quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Trubisky, uh, running backs, Chubb, ETN, David Montgomery, James Cook, etc. cetera. Uh, wide receiver, we got Deontay Johnson, Jerry Judy, Adam Thielen, Christian Watson, etc. there. And then uh, tight ends, Noah Fant, Kasiki, Everett, um, and et cetera there. And then we have three 2023 firsts and an extra third in 2023, and then all of his draft capital in 2024. Now, this is actually Danny's league. So this is a best ball dynasty. Uh, me and Danny both started best ball leagues with our patrons. And uh, since since uh, Danny's actually in this league, maybe I'll give most of the advice in this video, <laughs> but he's just looking for an overall assessment of this team. I know this is one that's probably going to be a productive struggle. When should I move off of guys like, Nick Chubb and Adam Thielen. What should I be looking to get out of them? And he said he also put some of the trades he made during the startup. Uh, there was a lot of trades that he listed, so I don't think we'll be able to cover all of those for you today, but we'll, we'll spend most of the time on the team here. Yeah, and uh, just right off the bat, I mean, me and uh, Chan were basically competing for all those picks. Uh, same with Tyler. I mean, I, I want to say at least like 80% of the picks in this league are divided amongst the three of us so shout out there i am jealous because uh those are two or three extra 2023 first that i was not able to get but overall i mean i'll, I'll give my assessment assessment on the team and then you can probably you know provide some advice because obviously you know i'm a little biased here but just looking at the team i i honestly think that you did a good job playing into the best ball format you were you got your two quarterbacks early with herbert and t-law yes you don't have a quarterback three in but in best ball you're more so looking at that variance, that volatility. So it's not as pressing of a need as it would be in a managed league. So that's some nugget to take into consideration. Running backs, I mean, you got a strong group there, Chubb, ETN, Demont, uh, James Cook, Singletary. You have a lot of pieces that can contribute on a week-to-week -week basis. While aside from Chubb, ETN, Demont, you don't really have a guy that you can set in your lineup every week. At least you have guys who have access to either elite offenses or potential targets. And then, I mean, at wide receiver, you have a, a stud with Deontay Johnson and some upside behind them. So overall, I, you mentioned like maybe I'm in a productive struggle, probably given the pick count that you got. But I actually think you did a good job in constructing this team where if you wanted to compete this year, if you wanted to put up points, you would be able to do so because of the uh, overall access to ceiling that you have on this team. 
Yeah, and again, we got to remember this startup just happened, so there's no monsters yep. in this team. Everybody should have like a pretty balanced team. There's nobody that has like seven elite quarterbacks or anything like that. Uh, the one thing I would say with this team is that you're well set up because you have three ones next year to probably one year punt is probably the direction that I would go with. The tough thing is obviously most of the people that are in this league are our audience. So Nick yeah. Chubb is not going to have a lot of value to those people because they know that we're not high on Nick Chubb. And maybe you can find somebody in your league that is a Nick Chubb like truther or something like that. And if you can get a first round draft pick of any kind, 2023, 2024, I would take it for Nick Chubb. Um, or if you can transition him into a young wide receiver instead of someone's like, hey, I'll give you Jamison Williams for Nick Chubb or something like that. Maybe a startup value you're losing a little bit. Maybe you can get them to throw in like a three or something. I personally would look to transition Chubb into either a draft pick or a wide receiver because um, I don't think you can compete with this team, even though it is a one year like startup and nobody has monsters yet. I still think it's going to be tough to compete in this league without uh, really any superstar talent outside of Justin Herbert and Deontay Johnson and maybe Travis Etienne if he hits the ceiling. Yep. No, uh, I mean, we'll look through a couple of these deals. Actually, one of them uh, I actually made with him. So uh, I'll let you decide which one you think I made. But either way, T-Law and ETN for Diggs and Adams, given the contract of your team, given that the fact that quarterbacks did fly off the board in this league, you wanted to secure that quarterback too. I don't hate this type of move. Value-wise, you'd probably want you know Diggs and Adams. But given the contract of your team, I don't mind with opting for the younger players here. Yeah, and I'm assuming these were all trades that he made during the startup during and the, startup. the picks that they became um, during the uh, during the startup. So, yeah, again, at face value, I'm not a huge invest in the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of guy. So I probably would have taken the other side of things, especially um, knowing what those picks became. Um, and I, I, I'm not in a position like Trevor Lawrence is just not the type of dude I would trade up for. I know he maybe represents a tear break for those of you guys that are actually high on Trevor Lawrence. I'm just not one of those people. Um, received wise, he gets uh, in the next trade. He gets Singletary, Christian Watson, Nick Chubb in exchange for Amon Ross, St. Brown, David Bell. I think that's probably a fine trade yeah. to make. We can probably move on to the next one. Jared Judy, uh, mid to late first, a 2023 mid to late second in exchange for Brees Hall and Melvin Gordon. So it looks like he probably traded down from like your third round pick or something like that. Picked up a first, a second, and then got like a fifth or a sixth rounder for Jared, uh, with Jared Judy there and gave up a late rounder. To give context, this actually happened. So he took Brees Hall. And then, uh, like, later on in the draft, somebody basically went up to him and, like, yo, like, I want Brees Hall. So he's like, okay, give me your pick on the clock. I want your first and your second. And I'll give you, like, my 13th round startup, which actually ended up being Melvin Gordon. So for context into in terms of how this negotiation happened, that's about it. And honestly, I think this is a fair deal. I mean, the mid to late two more or less is Melvin Gordon for a contender. And then realistically, Judy in the first versus Brees, I would say Judy's probably around a late first on his own value. So Two first for Brees, if you contextualize it, I think is about fair. So overall, I think this is a, a trade that can help both parties in this situation. Yeah, and then the next trade here, he gets Michael Thomas, a mid to late first in exchange for A.J. Dillon, Marlon Mack, and a 2023 second Love mid it. to late. So again, A.J. Dillon's what, sixth to eighth round startup value. He probably traded down to like the ninth, tenth round area, got Michael Thomas and got a 2023 first attached is what I'm assuming happened. And then he gives up a second just to kind of balance out the deal. Yeah, no, I love this move. I love MT, uh, as you'll see in the next deal, because I, I know I'm giving it away. But um, I love MT. You got a first-round pick. Yeah, AJ Dillon does sting, but at the same time, it's like I want those prime assets, and you got two of the best three assets in this deal. Speaking of the next trade, I was the one who actually traded up for Michael Thomas. He fell to like the 9-12. Uh, I traded up for him, gave him the picks, which ended up being Adam Thielen and Damian Pierce. I think this is just overall a, a deal that works out for both sides. 
for him, you get another young upside running back and still have production on a receiver. For me, I'm looking because I'm in a productive struggle. I'm looking to tank one year, getting that elite production from Michael Thomas as soon as he's back on the field. Yeah, I think you probably won that deal. Um, just Damian Pierce is just a not not a guy that I'm overly excited about investing in. I, I like this film coming out of school. I just don't think he's going to hold value very much. And same goes for Adam Thielen. Even if Adam Thielen is productive this year, his value is surely going down. With Michael Thomas, from your side of things, you get the upside that he you know, progresses himself into like Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs territory this time next year, as long as he's back on the field and playing. And then the final deal, and then we can move on to the next team here. Tyler Boyd in exchange for a uh, Tyler Boyd in a third in exchange for Rondell Moore. I would, you know, I think that's a great move. I Tyler Boyd and Rondell Moore pretty much a wash. You get a third rounder on your side. I think that's a pretty easy move to make overall looking at your team though. Again, I, I think you're a little caught in limbo. If I'm being honest, thankfully you have three ones to be able to replenish your talent pool next year. I would personally try and move off of the pieces in your deal. And I would probably wait until the regular season because, um, you know, I don't know how experienced most of the guys are in this league, but I would assume because they watch us, they probably have some kind of level of understanding. But once they get during the season, sometimes people throw things out the window and they're like, oh, I need another running back for my team. I'm trying to compete. I'll give you a first for Nick Chubb. Yeah, no. And that stuff happens all the time. Even in the sharpest of leagues, people will see, oh, you know, Nick Chubb's off to an RB7 start. Yeah, it's backed by, you know, six touchdowns in four games, but I still need that production on my team because I'm trying to win. So um, overall, I mean, you know, you 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 are able to be fluid with this team. And again, having three of those uh, gold standard type of picks on your side absolutely has to work. So overall, I think you did a good job in the startup. You have plenty of options to maneuver in the season and potentially even get more capital uh specifically you know you could try for 2024 but i pretty much already have that draft unlocked true true all right so let's move on to connor seeds team here 12 teams super flex ppr half tight and premium uh herbert lance mills aj Dillon, spiller and some fodder at running back chase higgins Pittman, mooney hardman etc at wide receiver uh, dalton schultz with some fodder at tight end three ones in 2023 and then all of his future picks so Here's his roster. He was the highest scorer in his league by far last year, but then got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Classic. So he just decided to switch gears and go young. Wondering what our thoughts are overall on his squad and if he ha if we have any opinions on next moves going forward. His own thoughts are basically that he has incredible building blocks like Chase, like Higgins, like Herbert, like Lance, etc. Uh, to build around and build a monster, but definitely feel like he's lacking some depth. But thankfully, you know, obviously he has some draft picks to be able to recoup some of that depth. So looking at this team, what are your thoughts? Do you think he's kind of well set up? It, it, to me, obviously, he's very barren at running back outside of A.J. Dillon. And it looks like he's trying to one-year punt this, replenish his running back core in the 2023 class, maybe add a quarterback, maybe add a, another wide receiver to that group. I love how you built this team, how you rebuilt this team. You basically said, okay, listen, 2023, I kind of saw what happened in 2022. I had some aging assets that may not be able to net me value past this year. I'm going to look to transition, punt a year, and then rebuild my team from there. The way you built this team is perfect. Your wide receivers, especially that top four, are really, really nice. Dalton Schultz, I think, we'll see the deal. But I think Dalton Schultz can be you know, a mid-tight end one for you. And then obviously having Herbert, Lance, and... You know, Mills is a guy that maybe, you know, during the season you can sell on. I think that's a good quarterback group to have. If I'm going to structure a one-year tank at running back, I like the way you did this. A.J. Dillon, his mo like the most value he will have is not this year. It's more most likely going to be next year when Aaron Jones is a free agent, when Aaron Jones is most likely to walk from the Packers. A.J. Dillon is the type of running back, given his talent, given the overall workload we could see from him, that can skyrocket to 
top four round type prices as soon as Aaron Jones walks out that door. So investing him in him now, maybe, you know, accepting that he's going to be an RB3, volatile RB3 for this year, and ultimately getting an RB2, RB1 plus for next year. I think that's a good investment to make. Combine that with the fact that those three 2023 ones in a very, very strong running back class can net you a couple more pieces to attach to him. I think you can make this a top four type of team in your league as soon as next year. Yeah, exactly. If you can hit on those picks, add two running backs, maybe another wide receiver or something like that, maybe yeah. a quarterback instead, uh, you should be in a great spot. So he lists what he received and what he sent. He didn't actually give me the individual details of each trade. This is just what he netted from all the moves that he made. So looking at what he received, he got T. Higgins, two firsts, Dalton Schultz and Terrace Marshall out of Cam Akers, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, TJ Hawkinson, Adam Thielen, and TB12. So um, how do we want to break this down? Let's try and cancel out assets here. Hawkinson for Schultz is a clear cancel for me. Okay, like so those guys cancel identical. each other out. And then we have what the rest of the package would be Akers, Eckler, Mike Williams, Thielen, and TB12 for Higgins and two first. And I mean, Mar is there anyone we could realistically cancel Marshall out for? But the only problem no, is probably just... not. But I would say the first, like the first rounders cancel out the running backs for me. Uh, so Akers and Akers Eckler person. Maybe you want to throw Marshall on the Eckler side just to like add a little piece to it. And then it would be T Higgins for Mike yeah. Williams, Adam Thielen and TB 12. Again, I think it's, I don't think you, you cleared the woodshed or whatever with any of these deals. I think you probably netted a little, you netted better than how you started, but not by a, a super big amount. And you accomplished the goal that you set out to accomplish, which was, you know, one year productive struggle, get some of that aging production, like Austin Eckler off of your team. And, uh, you know, Tom Brady and, and stuff like that. So I think you made out pretty well in this deal and in all the deals that you've made here. So uh, pretty well constructed, you know, teardown. I would say, Connor, you're in a you're in a good spot to be able to play the season out, sell anybody that ac accumulates value. If Austin Eckler misses five games, see what you can get for Isaiah Spiller, et cetera. He also has like fodder listed at running back and quarterback and tight end. So maybe he has some other guys that uh, he can sell if things break right for him. Like Danny said, Davis Mills, another guy that I would consider selling as well. Like if Davis Mills goes out there and he looks like, you know, he's not going to be a top fantasy producer, but he's like, let's say a top 24 quarterback and he's looking like, oh, you know, maybe like he can be a solid starter for the year. Maybe you say, hey, listen, I'm willing to give you Davis Mills for a 2023 second or even if you have to throw in a 2023 third to get that done, get that liquidity, get another piece to potentially attack uh, the wide receiver position because realistically you want to allocate those three first especially if you lose Mills into probably two running backs and a quarterback. And then if you get an extra second and you can use that on maybe a Josh Downs, maybe a Parker Washington, maybe a receiver, second round, third round receiver like that to add to this group, you're about four deep right now. If you had a, a fifth that I feel very comfortable with, I'd feel even better. But overall though, I like how you structured this to be able to potentially even camp, compete as soon as next year, given the start talent on this team. For sure. So uh, we can move on to Marty Cross's team, 12 team, one quarterback, yep. half PPR league. Uh, it's in the second year, as you guys can see there. He's His team is DeAndre Blumpkins, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> it is a one quarterback league. He has Lamar Jackson as his main guy. Then pretty much nothing at running back. CeeDee Lamb, Rashad Bateman, London, Jamison Williams, Wondell Robinson, Calvin Ridley, et cetera, at wide receiver. And then also has um, not a whole lot at, at tight end, except for uh, Trey McBride, Albert Okwebunam. And David Njoku, he made a lot of picks this year. He took Drake London at 102, Jameson Williams at 110, et cetera there. He also has um, a couple firsts, three firsts next year, and two, including two of them expected to be early, and then all of his 2024 picks. He also lists a number of the trades that he has here. Um, 
and he basically has some additional questions. So how do you value? Let's let's go over the questions first, and then we'll cover the trades. So he says, how do you value the current state of my team and whether or not I'm heading in the right direction? Right off the bat, this is a phenomenal one-year punt. Phenomenal. You got an elite quarterback with Lamar Jackson. Although you don't have an elite tight end, you at least have some upside between, you know, Njoku, McBride, and Albert O in particular. I think I like that group. One of them to potentially emerge this year, especially if, you know, Deshaun Watson plays at the tail end of the year and a David Njoku's his prime red zone weapon. I think that could be a potential emergence we see. And then at wide receiver, I mean, CD, Bateman, London, Jamo, Wandale, Ridley, AB, perfect one-year punt type of receiving core. Obviously, you know, your running backs aren't going to be great, but that's going to be offset by the fact that you have three ones next year. So overall, I really like how you structured this team. I really like the capital you accumulated. And if I'm going to be honest too, from a micro level, I love how you decided on those 2022 picks. I think every single one of the picks that you made, given the format of your league, is valuable. Maybe McBride, you know, 204 is a little bit early, but that's a flat tier, in my opinion, between, you know, early to mid-second to early third this year. So if McBride's your guy, first tight end selected, second round pick, you think he could be a top 10 tight end as soon as, not this year, but maybe next year when you're ready to compete, I think that's a fine pick. And then the rest of it, I mean, Wandel at the 306, taking a couple um, veteran places or pieces there with Alberto at the 211 and James at the 311. Honestly, I have no issues with what you're able to do in the rookie draft and how you're able to structure this team. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the second question he has here is that he's getting a ton of offers for Lamar, CD, and Bateman, which he would Classic. consider his top assets. Uh, but he's convinced that he loves those guys. He thinks their values are going to skyrocket this season. Do you think it's at all necessary to move those assets? Or should I stick with my studs for a couple of tank years and hope they maintain a lengthy prime to power a 2024 title run? So I would say right off the bat, if you believe in those dudes, like I'm, I'm not going to sell them, like unless you get you know, what you think they're worth, right? Because if you think Rashad Bateman is worth uh, an early to mid first next year and you don't get that in a trade, then don't sell them, right? Uh, if, if Just because we say, a, a, you know, a certain player is valued that way. If you disagree, by all means, hold on to that player. If you really believe in them, I would agree with your assessment. Also, Lamar Bateman and CeeDee Lamb could absolutely explode this year and skyrocket in value. So I'm cool just holding on to those guys if you're not getting the value that you feel like uh, those guys are worth. Yep. No, I agree with that. So uh, we could look at some of these deals he made. He had uh, one listed here pre-draft and the, the others listed during the draft. By the way, quick shout out to the uh, format, the aesthetic that he provided in this uh, submission. It's very, very clear, very, very concise. First deal with Eddie, he received Deontay Johnson, a first and a second, which he describes as mid to late in exchange for Austin Eckler, a 2023 early second and the Titans defense, which you know, whatever. Nice addition, I guess. Um, looking at this deal, okay, this is the classic. I am a productive struggle team. You are a contender. I have a top five running back projected this year. I want your draft capital to be able to compensate myself. I think this is a good deal for both sides. I personally, from a pure valuation standpoint, would rather Deontay Johnson, but I still understand the basis of why the other owner would have done this deal. Yeah, yeah, I think you did a great job here. I would have honestly been fine with this deal if this was like just Deontay for Eckler straight up. Like, I think those guys are pretty much similar Agreed. values. And given the state of your team, I would rather have Deontay Johnson. So the fact that you were able to add a first, you know, get a mid to late second as well, give up an early second in the Titans defense, definitely a solid move there. Next trade he's got uh, with Jordan here, received the 102 and a 2023 first, which is expected to be early to mid 
in exchange for the 104, which was Garrett Wilson, the 112, which was George Pickens, Dalton Schultz, and Brian Edwards. So I don't know if this happened. He says it says during the draft. So I'm assuming this happened on the clock. You traded up for Drake London because you wanted Drake London. You give up your 104 and your 112, and you somehow netted a 2023 first out of this as well. Um, just giving up Dalton Schultz, who's going to be a fine tight end this year, and Brian Edwards, who's you know some maybe this guy's a, like a Brian Edwards truther or something like that. Great move. Great. Uh, good taking advantage. For me, I see a little bit of a tear break between Drake London and Traylon Burks and Garrett Wilson as well. So I understand the move going up for Drake London. Plus, you're able to flip, basically re-roll the 112 into worst case scenario. That's the 112 in 2023. It's going to be a better player, or better prospect than George Pickens. And you have listed here that it's an early to mid 2023 first. So there's a chance that it's a much better player than George Pickens. Yeah, if that pick, I mean, you say early to mid, if that pick ends up turning into a Jimmy or Gibbs type, you're looking at London and Jameer Gibbs for Wilson, Pickens, Schultz, and the ghost of Brian Edwards. Like, yeah, I love this deal for you. Even if, you know, let's just, for ease sake, let's say we canceled out London and Wilson. We would both prefer London over Wilson, but let's say for ease sake, we canceled that out. You paid a guy who's probably going to be a mid-second rounder in terms of next year's standing. Dalton Schultz, who... Probably on his own valuation. What would you say, Corey? It's probably a mid-second type of value. Yeah, in two mid-seconds and Brian Edwards for an early to mid-first. So yeah, uh, give me the first. Give me your side all day. We can move on to the next deal. Where honestly, I think you did undersell a little bit here on Deontay Johnson. I think Deontay Johnson is a top fifteen dynasty wide receiver. You could be, you know, you maybe you're very very high on Jameson Williams. Maybe you you said, okay, this fits my mold a little bit more. I wanted him. Only if I was going to do this type of move. A, I wouldn't have thrown in the 304, and B, instead of that 210, I would have wanted at least a 2023 20, second. So if this deal was more so, you know, J-Mo in a 2023 20, second for Deontay, I'd be able to stomach it a bit more, but I do think that you lost this deal with Max. Yeah, I'm irrationally high on Deontay Johnson, yeah. so I, I personally think he sold a little low. To me, Deontay Johnson's value is about like an early to mid 2023 first. Like I, I have him pretty, pretty high in my rankings. Maybe mid. not an early first, but a mid first at, at the very least, so... Um, yeah, I do think you lost out on this one. Maybe Jameson Williams was like your wide receiver one coming into the draft. Then it, it's a little bit more understandable for me. Um, I think uh, Deontay Johnson's a good tier ahead of Jameson Williams. And like yeah. Danny said, I would have needed at least a 2023 20, second on top of that. Um, but he has a couple more trades here we can speed through. He received Wandale Robinson and uh, J- he has Jameis. I don't know if that's Jameis Winston. Winston. It is a one quarterback league. So Jameis Winston might have been a part of the yeah. uh, of the rookie draft there. And I don't know if you did this while on the clock. It seems like you did. You saw Wandell Robinson sliding and you gave away Tim Patrick and LaVisca Chenault. I would rather have Wandell than both of those guys combined. Yeah, no, I, I really like this move. You get the young upside with Wandale, which it's funny because, I mean, going into the cycle, I did not think I was going to be, you know, a Wandale guy. But when I saw the the vast majority of people drop him because of his size, the, the, the Giants reach, you know, yada, 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 I'm like, okay, well, if you guys are going to way overcorrect in that direction, I'm a Wandale guy now. I think he's a good player. Yeah, is the size a little bit of a concern? Sure, but ultimately here, people are pointing at that Giants situation where Wandale is the type of player where as long as he gets the volume, it doesn't really matter what exactly the situation is around him because he's most likely going to be a slot receiver in the NFL. He's most likely going to command targets if he's going to be fantasy viable, and the Giants present a very good opportunity for him to step in and earn targets immediately. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the final trade here, he received Josh Palmer for the 210. Being that the 210 became Hassan Haskins, I like the deal, but the 210 straight up for Josh Palmer, I would have taken the 210. So um, either way, probably, like, because to me, Hassan Haskins is more of like an early fourth round caliber guy. So I'm not a, I'm not a huge Hassan Haskins guy, but 210 for Josh Palmer. I guess it could have been worse. Uh, finally, uh, we'll, and then we'll move on to the next team. He said his general plan is trying to stockpile picks, gear up towards a deep run in 2024 and beyond banking on a young wide receiver or tight end corp uh, panning out, which is kind of what we talked about already. If it wasn't for the early entry fee requirement for future trades, I'd also be gaining for 2024 picks. So on that point, I would pay it because would. you want to be able to get yourself access to 2024 picks at a discount right now. So I would pay your early entry fee if it's allowed. I don't know if yeah. they don't allow you to do it, but if, if you're able to, I would pay it. Yeah, I would pay it as well. And be honestly uh i feel like having that actually gives you more so of an advantage because realistically if you're able to especially if you're like one of the only rebuilders who pays that up front you're able to access that pick you're able to asset access that capital now especially in deals because realistically if somebody sees you know their 2023 first attached to a deal they're going to be suspicious it's going to be like oh he must think my team's going to be bad this year you know there's going to be a lot of negative connotation if you throw that 2023 first if you throw that 2024 first, people are more like, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm a contender. That's two years out. Yada, yada, yada. Out of sight, out of mind, as I always say. I'm more willing to do that move. So I would definitely pay that early. I would definitely try to accumulate, stockpile as many assets as possible. You've already done a good job stockpiling those 2023s. If you can get some 2024s attached to that, I mean, this could be an absolute monster within a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he also said, thanks for everything we do. Watch hours upon, uh, upon hours of our content. Appreciate that. Definitely appreciate those of you guys that watch us all the time. Uh, really means a lot. So let's move on to Ethan here. 12 team Superflex PPR League, one and a half point tight end premium. Lamar, Trey Lance is his top quarterbacks with some other guys there. Not, nothing really. <laughs> he has Danny and Bush listed at running back, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> Michael Thomas, Calvin Ridley, Elijah Moore, Tyler Lockett, Devontae Smith. Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown, Brandon Ayuk, Jahan Dotson, David Bell. You basically have our entire like squad of wide receivers that we like there. Tight ends, nothing really to speak of, but he has three ones in 2023, uh, two seconds in 2023, four ones in 2024, and then uh, two seconds in 2024, two thirds as well. So a lot of draft capital, very much a how we would build the team type of uh, build here. Um, and then he has, you know, a number of uh, startup trades as well. I don't think we're going to have time to get into the startup trades because we did already talk about a number of trades for some other teams, but just finished his startup. Same one with Watson and uh, versus Pitts question at the 107 from a few episodes ago that he asked us. Feels pretty decent about the team. He ended up gearing towards a productive struggle this year for the 101, and he is aiming for 2023, uh, 2024 to compete um, after he spends his draft pick. So what are our general thoughts on the team and some of the trades that he went for during the draft and what kind of moves would you look at, uh, to set yourself up best for 2023 and 2024? I quickly want to add to, um, a big shout out. Cause you know, Danny and Bush members of, uh, the lad squad. So, uh, I had to mention that, but overall, I mean, looking at this team, uh, you accomplished exactly what you wanted to. You got two elite level quarterbacks with Trey Lance and Lamar Jackson in particular. I think Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo is the perfect quarterback 3-4 archetype for this type of team. You don't need to rely on points. And those guys have easily accessible value accumulation as soon as they are named or traded or signed with another team. So those are, you know, probably early teen type of picks where you know right off the bat, as soon as something breaks for you they are gaining value. So I like structuring my quarterback core the way you did it here. I think you did a phenomenal job. 
running backs. I mean, we could skip over that because let's be honest, productive struggle. You don't need that production. So as a result, you got Danny and Bush heading that RB1, RB2 slot. Wide receiver, phenomenal grouping there. And then, I mean, tight end, you know, you didn't invest heavy, but at least with a guy like Evan Ingram, you have athletic talent there. You know, if the Jaguars offense does surprise, maybe Evan Ingram is, you know, the basis of that, a talented player in the past performed in this rookie year. Maybe he, you know, get some more shine obviously you know me me and bush are a little bit more lower on him but he still has a ceiling to access especially on that team so and the best part about this team let's be honest is seven firsts in the next two years multiple seconds multiple thirds yeah my my own assessment is i think you did a great job um yeah Corey, what are, what are your thoughts here yeah and i i just while you were going through i just kind of scanned the startup trades he really took advantage of people not knowing how to value first round picks, right? Cause I mean, for this, for example, this trade that he has here, he traded down from the six Oh eight for someone coming up to get Kenny Pickett. So they were quarterback hungry, obviously. And he got a 2023 first in the seven 11, like that drop should not, I would be okay. If you said I traded the six Oh eight straight up for a 2023 first, you I would have wanted basically a player first. that's going to be comparable value at seven 11. It doesn't, he doesn't list exactly who he got there, but it was probably like Brandon Ayuk or something like that. So What's up? It's, it's the deal right after. So Oh, it's Kirk, so Kirk Cousins went there, and I would rather have Kirk Cousins than Kenny Pickett anyway. But then he shipped Cousins and Connor for a first and Dotson. Yeah, exactly. He took advantage of people not knowing how to value first, and this is smart. For those of you guys, because I've gotten a lot of questions of how to you know do a productive struggle in a draft, if you can just like drop down two or three rounds, people think that's a way bigger difference than it is, and you're able to get a first-round draft capital player on top of it. Like, And again, he also traded down from the 310, Goes down to the 612, gets Marquise Brown and a 2024 first on top of it. He goes down from the 407 and the, uh, it, yeah, it goes down from the 407, gets Elijah Moore and uh, a 2024 first. And he actually also moved up in the eighth round to get Brandon Ayuk instead of uh, Ezekiel Elliott. So yeah, great job of executing a productive struggle in the, in the startup. It looks like you made a, a good assessment. And again, that's what we talked about in those how to rebuild videos is when you realize people are going redraft centric and don't know how to value picks, that's when you make that shift into going towards a productive struggle, which I think you did a great job of. As soon as it uh, looks like your second round pick you traded down from. Yeah. Um, also, uh, he mentions a, a potential deal that he could be making. I love Trey Lance. But if you're telling me that you can trade Trey Lance in a 2024 two because the guy's worried about Deshaun Watson's status and then end up cooping Deshaun Watson in a 2023 first, like I'm breaking my phone, phone hitting that smash button. Yeah, exactly. I'd still, despite the Watson situation, I would still rather have Deshaun Watson than Trey Lance, especially in the situation that you're in where you don't need to win probably for two years, let alone this year. So I'm definitely cool with making that deal um, that, that you're going to get a big time discount on an elite quarterback because that guy is, is fiending production uh, basically. So I would say you're in a great spot. You're well set up to be able to spend some of these draft picks. Michael Thomas, if he gets back on track this year, I'm probably looking to sell him mid season. Calvin Ridley, once he's off suspension next year, maybe he gets traded to a new team or something like that. You can probably look to sell him at that point. And then Tyler Lockett's really the only guy that stands out as somebody that I would really, really be pushing to try and get rid of. Also, I quickly want to say, bro, you go 10 deep at wide receiver. That is, yeah. that, what, a, what, a, what a depth group. Like, literally the, the only groups that you can say, oh, when I want to contend, I need to add to. Obviously, you need running backs. I mean, you know, after Danny and Bush, of course. And then, uh, I mean, you need a, a long-term tight end, but like phenomenal one-year punt, phenomenal productive struggle. Great job. Keep, you know, attacking because clearly these guys don't value that future capital. Keep attacking that future capital if you can get it. 
Right. And in a full PPR league, I think I'd be a lot better than Danny. Danny's more of the tone setter, grinder up the middle guy. I'm more of the pass catching scat back. So uh, I think I have a lot more value in that kind of format. So uh, let's move on to the, before we move on to the next team, sorry, let's uh, hear a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. Hey lads, today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors over at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming across the globe. All men strive for gold in their life, gold medals, gold watches, gold chains, gold everything. Gold, yes, is very nice, but true artists know that Platinum takes the cake and Manscaped perfects their art with the introduction to their all new Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped's brand new Platinum Package 4.0 is the biggest bundle they've ever offered, giving you a bulk discount on Manscaped's top products. Inside this Platinum Package, you'll find all the perks of the Performance Package 4.0, the Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, and their Crop Reviver ball spray toner along with the added products of their ultra premium body wash ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner and their ultra premium deodorant the lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer and weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect against your delicate parts and holes both are waterproof so you can shave with less mess in addition to shaving you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the ultra premium body wash and ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner you'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their platinum package 4.0 the manscaped boxers and the shed travel bag bring your comfort and boxers to the next level this summer, it's time to join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code BUSH for 20% off plus free shipping. Again, 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUSH at manscaped.com. Manscaped gives your manhood the proper treatment it deserves. We appreciate the support for the fancy stock exchange by our friends over at Manscaped, and thank them for sponsoring today's video. And speaking of that video, Let's get right back to it. All right. So the next team that we have here, and we'll try and speed these up a little bit. We're going a little long on this video, but uh, David Fan, 10 team, super flex, half PPR, tight end premium league. You guys can see the, uh, the team on the screen there. Kyler Murray, Trey Lance, Kenny Pickett as his main quarterbacks, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, David Montgomery, Kenneth Walker as his main running backs, Jefferson, Lamb, Mooney, Ayuk, Renfro, Gallup, et cetera, at wide receiver, Andrews, Hawkinson, Goddard at tight end also has two extra first. I don't know. He says two extra first. I don't know if that means your first plus two more, yeah. or if that just means uh, you have two first, but either way, a lot of draft capital to go along with a great team uh, to boot. So he basically says his team goal is that he's lucky to be in a position to contend and have picks, which we've talked about is the ideal position to be in, in dynasty. He's been selling uh, vets a year early just to maintain the roster's value, which is something I tend to do quite a bit, especially at running back. Uh, and he also says he has a number of off season trades here. So, um, at the 102, he knew that the 102 was taking Walker, so he thought he was getting London at 103 for value. But the other London suitor was actually at 104 and traded up for for Drake London to snipe him. So looks like he ended up taking Kenneth Walker at 103. Again, I personally wouldn't have done that. I would have went with you know Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks, whichever one you preferred. But I understand it. You're kind of in a competing window right now, and you already have a young, um, very talented wide receiver core. So I don't I don't blame you too much. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this team overall? And then we'll get into some of his trades real quick. The team is very, very good. The the one the reason why I'm biting my lip a little bit is after you made that second trade, just hold. Keep DK Metcalf. Like you should have just kept DK Metcalf. You transitioned basically down. I mean, Devontae Adams for Saquon Barkley in a third. So you basically 
you know, transition what Devontae Adams in a third for DK in a second at that point. Just hold DK. I don't really like at all, quite frankly, the DK Metcalf and Damian Harris for 103 and 201 deal. I think once you had DK Metcalf, just hold DK Metcalf. He still fits, you know, the young mold, retooling mold while still being able to put you by next year top end wide receiver one level production. So I like the, you know, construction, the mindset behind the deals. I just think after that second deal, once you were able to acquire DK, I would have stopped there. I would have just held DK. He would have fit this team perfectly. And you wouldn't have really realistically been left in a spot to hold the bag with Kenneth Walker instead of Drake London, which by the way, I would have still rather DK over Drake London to begin with. Yeah, exactly. And um, you guys aren't going to find many people higher on Drake London than me, but I would easily take DK Metcalf over him. And I mean, Damian Harris in the 201, that's probably relatively equivalent value. 201, you probably prefer over Damian Harris. But yeah, DK Metcalf, to me, he's worth multiple firsts. Like maybe like the 110 and like the 112 next year, but he's worth probably multiple firsts. So the 103 uh, by itself is not enough for me to move off of DK Metcalf. But I do like the fourth trade that you made there. You sent down... From yeah. the 201, you go down 212 and you get Michael Gallup attached that. to that. I think that's a great move, especially considering the construction of your team. So overall, you're in a very, very good spot. Like you said, you're in a position to compete this year, and you also have a very young core that is going to be ascending to build around t- for years to come. I think your prime competing window is probably 2023 because you have a couple of rookie running backs that you're relying on. Um, and for that reason, and if I'm off to like a middling start to the season because maybe Brees Hall splitting time, Kenneth Walker splitting time, uh, and David Montgomery is is able to fetch you another first round pick. I'd be cool re-rolling him into a first rounder. You have a number of firsts next year that you can continue to address that running back position with. And you can also, you know, continue to fill out your quarterback and wide receiver core and all that kind of stuff too. You also have like two really, really solid tight ends behind Mark Andrews that you could maybe get some value for if you want. Flip them into like a wide receiver or a running back or something like that. Because TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard have decent value and you don't really need both of those guys behind Mark Andrews. I'd be fine just holding one of them, but uh, I would definitely look to sell the other. Yep. Uh, I will say uh, the next move that I have, I know you just took Kenneth Walker, but you did say, Hey, your, your league is high on Kenneth Walker. First thing I'm doing right off the bat, see as much future capital or a player like DK Metcalf that you could fetch for him. That's what right. I would be doing. Or maybe yeah. like AJ okay, Brown. Makes, yeah. That makes a ton of sense as well. Yeah. So uh, overall, again, very good team, very good asset accumulation. I think you did a good job. We can move on to the next team, and that's going to be from David, a 12-team Superflex with no tight end premium. You guys see the team on the screen. Quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Baker Mayfield, Matt Corral, Malik Willis there. Running backs, ETN, Algier, Jarek McKinnon, and some fodder. Wide receivers, you got T. Higgins, Jerry Judy, Jamison Williams, Gabe Davis, Jahan Dotson, David Bell, and fodder. And then at tight end, you have Noah Fant in particular along with five 2023 ones and your 2022 and what looks to be all of your 2024 picks. So um, overall, he, he just kind of says where to go from here. What are your thoughts on the team before we answer the questions? Yeah, again, this is, um, he says the league is very contender focused. Um, so most people are drafting, you know, Nick Chubb types and stuff like that. So he has the lowest projected scoring. He's expecting to have a high pick this year. And what he wants to do, he actually lists what he thinks he should do. And I actually kind of like this dynamic. So let's talk about this before we kind of give our thoughts on the team. So what he wants to do is get a stud wide receiver like Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, probably using Higgins as the only feasible way to do that. So if he can go, you know, from Higgins to Chase or Higgins to Jefferson using maybe one of his 2023 firsts, um, that could be a move that he would, you know, like to do. You secure yourself a, a superstar caliber wide receiver to build around. He also thinks maybe get a proven high end wide receiver too, like a Waddle, DK, 
Deontay Johnson, Deont, uh, or sorry, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, somebody like that, Patrick, uh, packaging some of those young wide receivers together and maybe some picks. Also has get a better QB1 or another young quarterback. What would you guys pay for a Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson type? And then also, what should I do with ETN? Should I move him now or just enjoy the expected appreciation in season? And then number four was any idea in trying to secure more picks. So I'll let you kind of pick whatever question you want to address first that he has there. So um, I'm going to add right here. Um, he mentions get a stud wide receiver like Chase or JJ. Obviously, that would be very nice for this team. However, you kind of mentioned that this is a contender-focused league. Even in a contender-focused league where you know people are less worried about age, they're going to be smart. They're going to realize, hey, Chase and Jefferson are top four wide receivers this year, top three wide receivers this year, to be honest, and are still 22, 23 years old. I genuinely, given the contract of your team, don't think that could potentially be feasible with what you'd have to give up for that. So although it's nice on paper, uh, I would just keep you know plugging away, accumulating capital, playing into their hands for the most part, saying, hey, listen, um, let's just say Tyler Algier gets off to a top 15 20 running back start and he's looking you know like i don't want to say derrick henry 2.0 but he's looking like that archetype of big physical gritty between the tackles back i would be insufferable if that happened by the way which like everybody would associate with an arthur smith offense if he gets off to that start and you, you somebody's like oh you know i need that con- uh production i need the you know michael carter from last year i need the you know james robinson from a couple years ago you could be like, hey, listen, I will give you Algier in a 2023 second for a 2023 first, or I'll give you Algier for an, an early to mid-projected 2023 second. Those are the type of deals that you may be able to make, especially with a contender, if he gets off to that type of start. Looking at the rest of the position, same thing with Gabe Davis. If Gabe Davis looks like, you know, Josh Allen's number two weapon, and he's very, very, you know, you know, performing that third-year breakout, and you can just go to the Allen owner and say, hey, I got the stack piece here. You're trying to contend. What are you willing to give me? Those are the easy transitions you can do, especially if they're more in a redraft mindset. And no, for Gabe Davis, Gabe Davis's redraft value, despite him being a 23, 24-year-old receiver, his redraft value is miles higher than his dynasty value. He's currently a top five-round redraft pick and like a ninth, tenth-round dynasty pick. So if you can play into that redraft-focused mindset where somebody sees he's going off the board as the 405 and underdog drafts, you could take advantage of that. Yeah, and uh, to answer your question about getting another young quarterback or getting a better QB1, uh, what would we be willing to pay for Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence? I'd be willing to take one of your firsts and give like Gabe Davis, Jahan Dotson, David Bell, one of those wide receivers and see if you can get yourself Zach Wilson with that. I don't know. You said it's a contender-focused league. They might not be very high on Zach Wilson. I feel like if it's a contender-focused league, they're going to see Zach Wilson wasn't very good last year. Same goes for Trevor Lawrence. We're not really that high on those guys. And they'd be willing to give those guys up for you know what you have like projected mid-first next year and Jahan Dotson on top of it. And if you can get one of those quarterbacks, obviously for that price, then I would definitely do it. It's possible that they're, you know, they understand the value in Superflex of, you know, young quarterbacks, but it also is possible that they don't really like those guys because it's a contender focused league. Uh, you also mentioned, you know, get a more proven high-end wide receiver too, packaging some of those wide receivers, maybe picks. Honestly, like as much as I love all those guys, maybe, like, I would say DK Waddle kind of stand out here for the most part. Like, I don't know, they're, they're all good players, but if I have to give like a huge plus on top of a pick, I would rather just, you know, see what those picks can net me. Because quite frankly, those picks on the clock next year, you will get those talented veterans at a discount compared to what you'd have to pay now. So realistically, because you're not relying on production, let those picks keep accumulating, accumulating, accumulating. And if you want to flip, you know, 
the 106 next year for, um, I mean, one of these receivers listed. Jalen Waddle. You want to flip the 106 next year for like DJ. You have more flexibility on the clock to be able to get more value, more bang for your buck. Once people are eyeing, you know, a Kayshawn Boutte, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison type when they're, you know, ready to be selected. So I would definitely wait there. And then I'll quickly say on the final thing, what to do with ETN. You nailed it here. ETN for me. Yes, I don't want to have high-end running back talent when I'm in a productive struggle, but he is so clearly an outlier in my opinion, given the fact that as soon as he shows RB1 level upside, his value is two, two and a half Xing. Like there's a plausible scenario where ETN is like DeAndre Swift this year, and his value goes from what a four or five turn dynasty pick to a top two round dynasty pick by next year. Yeah, it's very possible we're talking about Travis Etienne as the dynasty RB2 this time next year. Like, it's yep. it's possible. I don't think it's it's not 100% going to happen, but it's definitely possible that it happens if he has 100 targets this year or something like that. So, like you said, I would wait to see what happens in season with Travis yep. Etienne and then sell him at that point in time if you desire to sell him at that point. So, uh, let's get on to the final patron team here from Reese slash Clowning Dion slash uh, Iron Madden. He's got a number of personas. Uh, over here. So uh, the league scoring format, I believe it's, he didn't actually give me the whole scoring format, but it is a super flex league quarterbacks, Brady uh, cousins, Lance, et cetera. There at quarterback Eckler, Gibson, Elijah Mitchell at running back, CD lamb, Chris Godwin, Rashad Bateman, Brandon, Ayuk at wide receiver, Dalton Schultz, Cole Komet at tight end. And then he has uh, no 2023 second, but looks like all of his other picks here. So uh, he's looking for basically a top to bottom overview of his team. Should he sit tight and not make any moves? Should I blow my draft capital and get another running back or wide receiver one? Any suggestions we have would be great. So overall, quick overview of the team. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, so I mean, looking at quarterback, Brady, Cousins, Lance, I already kind of have an idea of based on that quarterback core, based on having Brady, you're more likely in a competing window based off that aspect. Running backs, Eckler, Gibson, Elijah Mitchell, and uh, the rest of the group there. Wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb, Chris Godwin, Rashad Bateman, Brandon Ayuk. At tight end, you do have Dalton Schultz. Along with still having your pick, uh, not having your second, but having your first round pick for next year. So this team is clearly more so in a competing window. The big weakness, I would say, would be at wide receiver depth. A problem I have is Chris Goblin's going to be late coming back this year. Probably, you know, what, a week four, week five, week six type of return. So you're very, very shallow at wide receiver um, after him. Because, you know, let's just say, you know, it's a two wide receiver, one flex league, like, all three of those guys are going to be in commission. If anything were to happen to any of those guys, James Washington, McCall Hardman, Julio Jones, I don't think can get you by. So it's a tough part, uh, tough spot being at that position with the wide receivers. But ultimately, uh, at least you have your capital to, you know, if somebody's two and three to start the year and they're like, oh, crap, like I don't think I compete or I can compete. That's when you go and buy some veteran wide receivers to help compete. Cause I think this is clearly a team that you would want to try to win now with. Yeah. Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, somebody like that uh, mid season. Yeah. If the person who owns those guys is not competing, you should be able to buy low on them. The transition that kind of easily sticks out to me is see what Antonio Gibson is worth yes. on your, on your league market. Maybe you can flip him one Four for nine. one for a better wide receiver than what we kind of project Antonio Gibson to be, but it's tough, man. A lot of people are quite vocal on how bad they think Antonio Gibson is going to be this year. So he's starting to drop to the point. I know it like in, from a redraft perspective that people are, you know, starting to get a little bit more comfortable with him because he started the offseason, you know, fourth round type of running back. Now he's sliding like fifth, sixth, seventh round. 
to the point that people are are really undervaluing Antonio Gibson on the market right now. So th- there's a chance that you might not be able to get very much for him. But if you can flip Antonio Gibson one for one into Marquise Brown, I'm doing that 10 times out of 10. Yep. No, I, I agree with that as well. Um, overall, I mean, you have point production on this team. It's just being able to to ultimately replenish that wide receiver depth, I think is in your best interest. But uh, if you want, you know, the short cookie cutter answer here, yes, like your team is ready to compete. Your team is ready to try to win the championship with and just be savvy with some of the moves. That's the only real thing I can say. Yeah. And uh, Danny mentioned Godwin too. I would see what his value is on the open market. Cause if you can, because you're a contender, if you can get somebody that is of equivalent value right now, but will actually help you this year, because as I mean, as a Bucks fan, I've been following the Godwin situation pretty closely. I don't think he's going to be on the field till like week eight, week 10, something like that. So if you can transition Chris Godwin right now into somebody in that territory that is going to actually help you this year, then I would probably do that. And again, Marquise Brown, Michael Pittman, somebody like that. If, if they, if you can buy low or not buy low, but like buy one of those guys using Chris Godwin, I would, I would probably aim to do something like that. Do you think on the open market that you could swap the bucks receivers for each other? I don't think so. Maybe, no? maybe, maybe if you throw in the third, maybe Godwin in the yeah. third gets you Mike Evans. Uh, that would make some sense to me. Cause obviously Evans will help you more this year than yeah. Godwin will. And the final question he has here is that basically are his tight ends good enough to get him to the dance? I think they're fine. Uh, Schultz, Komet, those guys, some combination of them should be okay. And and again, to answer your initial question, should I blow my draft capital? No, I, at least not now. Maybe, no, no. you know, during the season, if, if somebody has Keenan Allen and they're not competing, you want to send your first to them at that point in time, then it's probably worthwhile to do. But I wouldn't wait to make a move like that until during the season. And the one thing I will say, the caveat I will say, if you're moving that 2023 first, you go for as much added, even if somebody's like, oh, okay, you want him? Sure. Go for as much little pieces as you can attach for the ultimate big fish. So if you're getting Keenan Allen, try to you know get some lower key wide receiver running back production. Because at this point, given the fact that you need the depth badly at that position, I'm looking for as much value as possible to potentially flip into more wide receiver talent, more wide receiver depth even if you get a Keenan out, because realistically, if I'm contending, I want to be at least five deep at wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. It depends also how, how many, you know, flexes you have and stuff like that. Yep. But yeah, definitely something I'd be looking to do. So let's get on to the only non-patron of the video, which is Tommy. The final question of the video, we went a little bit long on this one, but we yep. had a lot of, uh, a lot of trade questions. So this was a fun one. Uh, 10 teams, super flex, uh, no tight end premium, half PPR league for Tommy here. He's got uh, Russell Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan as his main quarterbacks. Javante Williams, Saquon Barkley, James Conner as his main running backs, Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, Gabriel Davis as his main wide receivers, and then uh, Dalton Schultz, Pat Fryermuth as his main tight ends, has two ones next year, two ones, or two twos, sorry, next year, and uh, doesn't look like he has any third round pick, but he has the rest of his picks in all of the future drafts. So he basically says, we had a startup draft this year, so there's no monsters in this team, most likely, and are about to do our rookie draft. It's a 10-team super flex league, like, like we said. He knows his uh, league values running backs heavily. So his current plan is to try and trade Saquon slash Connor during the year, tank and get Bijan 101 and compete next year. Right now he's targeting Dotson and Spiller at the 203 and 204. Would love to get your thoughts on the team slash plan slash trades he's done so far. And if I should stick or change it up again, he's, he loves the vids and, and he says we're awesome. So we definitely appreciate that. Appreciate so, that. um, What's, what are your thoughts? Let's let's target the the rookies first. Uh, what are your thoughts? Dotson and Spiller at the 203, 204. Are you cool with that? Love Dotson, Spiller too early. That's how I would say it. Uh, yeah. Like if that was like, like what other, like David Bell? Yeah, if David Bell's there, I'd rather have David Bell. But honestly, like after David Bell's off the board, I'm I'm not 
opposed to taking Isaiah Spiller 204. Right. I don't think there's a huge difference. But like, because me, I would take like Wandell Robinson 204 instead of yeah. Isaiah Spiller, but I don't think it's a huge, you know, thing to say you want Spiller or Algier or Damian Pierce or something like that. Because you could potentially flip any of those guys for more value in season if they uh, find themselves a big workload. Yep, and then you kind of mentioned here your, your league values running backs heavily. So your current plan is to try to trade Saquon or Connor and tank to get Bijan at the one one. It's going to be tough to tank with this team. Your team, to me, right off the bat, is probably a top five level team at worst in your league. I, it is a ten team league, so you got to assume people's teams are probably pretty good. I wouldn't say it's a t- it's probably like a middling team right now. And uh, if your intention is to trade James Connor, I would try and sell him now, not during yes. the season, because I think his value is higher now than it will be during the season. Saquon definitely su- try and sell him during the season because I think his value will be higher then than it is now. But Connor, I would be shopping now. Connor, like, yeah, even if you have to throw in, you know, Connor and Stevenson to get you a 2023 first, I would be more than fine with doing that type of move. If your goal is to potentially get Bijan next year, which you can then either keep or flip into a boatload of, you know, monster level pieces that you have to be proactive now, because genuinely here, if your goal is to tank this team, like for this season, I'm starting right now. I'm starting. Yeah, you got to gotta lose. Some, you got to lose some games for sure. And Connor yeah. Barkley, Gabriel Davis makes some sense as some guys that I'd be shopping uh, for the time being. Um, but you do have some building blocks and uh, obviously yep. some draft capital to begin with. So you should be in a pretty good spot in terms of like how you want to be able to to tank this thing. He also has a couple of trades listed here where he received uh, Ramondre Stevenson in a 2023 second from Michael Carter pre-draft. So Smash. good, great move there. I'm assuming he watched the video that I put out uh, titled, you know, sell these running backs now or whatever it was called, five running backs to sell before the NFL draft. Michael Carter was at the top of that list because I thought there was a chance they'd take Brees Hall and they did. So um, Ramondre Stevenson in a 2023 second, I think you could make the argument pre-draft that Ramondre and Carter were pretty much even. And um, then you get a 2023 second on top of it. So that is definitely a great move. And then the other trade that he makes here, he gets a 2023 first Pat Fryermuth and the 204 for the 103 Albert O and a 2023 third. So I don't know if this was like on the clock during the draft or whatever, but I think you got a uh, great value here. I think Pat Fryermuth and Albert O, the difference between those guys is probably at least a 2023 second. Um, I'm quite bullish on Pat Fryermuth long-term and uh, a 2023 first for, for the 103. I'm not exactly sure where that's going to be, but if that's anywhere early to mid, then that's probably a wash. I wouldn't say uh, 2023 second. That's, that's I'm also higher on prior music than there. you are. So. That, that, that's a little too high for me. But either way, I mean, realistically here, I, I we've kind of you know debated this amongst ourselves. But I like if, assuming that's a mid projected, you know, because we don't know it's a random first. But let's just say for E's sake, it's a mid projected 2023 first. I think that's at least equivalent value with the 103. So give me Friar Muth and 204 over Alberto into the third. Yeah, the way I that's broke it I down see. was the first and the 204 for the 103 and the third. And then fry me over O straight up. That's that's another good good way to do it. But either way, you crack it. I think you did a good job uh, with those picks. Not to mention, I, I'm kind of seeing your uh, rookie draft here. So you do have Spiller listed here. I'm not sure if did he actually. He hasn't select? had the rookie draft yet. This is just who he's targeting. I think. Got you. Okay. Dope. All right. Um, but yeah, I like how you structured this team. Though I will say, as I kind of said, if your plan is to one year tank this thing, you got to get proactive right now. Yeah, exactly. Especially on guys like James Conner and Gabe Davis. You can't afford to be winning games early in the season with this team because unlike some of the one-year productive struggle teams, because I feel like that was a theme. If you guys made it to this point in the video, just comment down below one-year productive struggle because I feel like six of the teams that we had on today's episode were one-year productive struggles. But in your situation, your team has enough elite talent to the point that you could mistakenly uh, win a bunch of games 
early in the season, that'll really, really hurt you. So the second Saquon Barkley plays a game, like week one, if he has a great workload and, and he looks back to normal, I'm selling him that fast. Yeah, no, exactly. Saquon Barkley, um, the only ones that I'm like, he, he, honestly. Him and Jefferson, Javante, Russell Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence are the guys that I'm probably sticking to. Yeah, no, I agree with and that. Even uh, Dalton Schultz, you could probably sell too because you have Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, no, I'm definitely sh- selling Schultz if he gets off to a tight end four or a tight end five start uh, insulated in that Cowboys offense, especially if you can target, you know, the DAC owner, maybe he needs a tight end. Maybe you can say, hey, listen, like maybe you're probably not going to get 2023 capital for Schultz because I don't think people are that oblivious to how good it is. But if you can say, hey, listen, I'll give you Schultz in a 2023 second for your 2024 first. That might be a realistic deal that, a deal that you can do. You're getting off, you know, as as, good, as much as I like Dalton Schultz, he's more of a mid tight end one. TJ Hawkins, an esque level player. If I can re-roll that into what I project to be a very, very good 2024 class, I'm always doing that. Yeah, exactly. So um, if you guys made it to this point in the video, as always, hit the like button. You can hear my dog barking down below. or uh, You can comment that my dog's barking down below. Subscribe to the channel if you are new as well. Uh, make sure to check out the Patreon. Make sure to check out Underdog Fantasy. Check out Manscaped. Promo code FSE at Underdog Fantasy gets you 100% back on whatever you put in. We're starting to get into prime redraft season now. Once training camp opens, we'll be going fast and furious. But if you guys aren't already on Underdog Fantasy, this is about the time of the year that you want to get on there because you can get, if you're paying attention, some good ADP values and uh, project some guys that are going to go up in value towards the summer uh, and once we get into it. So uh, again, promo code FSE at Underdog Fantasy, promo code Bush, manscaped.com, 20% off plus free shipping. And with that being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon.